Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 109, and today I'll be talking about Steven Floats. I'm GC13. Yep, it's just me again coming in for a solo episode, but that's okay. Steven Floats is exactly the kind of episode I'm happy to talk about. You know, when it when it aired stateside, it was the herald for a bunch of brand new Beach City-focused episodes, and even though we don't get any Beach City characters in this episode, except Sadie playing a supporting role, and Steven imagining a few others, we'll have plenty of time for them later. This has, well, like Steven said, it's great to be back. I guess the really big surprise at the start of this episode is that they were, like, camped out at the barn for the whole time, which... I mean, the nearest warp pad is not that far away. They used it back in Super Watermelon Island. They were able to run to it in a few seconds. And that's apparently not a fluke, because in video chat, Steven was able to get from the temple to the barn relatively quickly. So I don't I don't see why they would have to be operating out of the barn. They, they could have just as easily had Steven go home to sleep every night. So... Eh, you know, I'm a little iffy on that. I mean, at the very least, you'd think Amethyst would have gone back for that cake. Knowing her, she probably forgot about it, but, you know, that's Amethyst. So Steven goes out for a snack because the cake went bad and everything in the fridge went bad. And Sadie, you know, we, we have the terrible, terrible workplace safety accident that we were first introduced to in Joking Victim has apparently been resolved in the courts, and so they're able to make fresh-baked donuts at the Big Donut again. You know, Sadie having that fresh... pure comedy gold. Because, you know, all all Steven hears is fresh donuts, and he's like, yes, thank you, please. And Sadie's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) Very, very jaded employee of the Big Donut franchise, apparently. I I do wonder, though, did Steven end up going to Fish Stew Pizza to get any food? I mean, because he he was fairly hungry, so... And we do know know that they sell slices in addition to selling whole pizzas, so... Really not being hungry enough for a meal, that sounds like kind of an excuse. I think Steven just wanted donuts, so I think it's 50-50 whether he bothered to get any pizza or not, but he could have if he wanted to. But after setting his alarm, we see him just so thrilled to be back. I'm mirroring again my own feelings. And going for a very, very nicely done jumping sequence. I liked that. You know, in his first time down, he touches down exactly like we saw Rose did in Story for Steven. You know, very, very daintily, toe first. Again, I I think it's a very deliberate parallel. You could say... Hey, that's just a reasonable way to touch down, but come on. This is Steven and Rose we're talking about. It's gotta be, gotta be intentional. Eventually, Steven is too happy, jumps himself way too high, and that gets to my one big sticking point in this episode, something that I know doesn't matter, but I can't unsee anyway. The fact that the heights in this episode make absolutely no sense. Now, I'm no cloud expert, but I I looked up online and... The clouds that Stephen was up among should be one and a half to two miles high. A commercial airliner should be far higher than that. I mean, that one didn't look like it was taking off or landing, so that, that would put it six or seven 
six or seven miles up in the air. And Stephen, at that height, is still able to see Amethyst and hit her in the head with the second flip-flop he throws. And flip-flops, you know, not exactly the most aerodynamic things in the world. And, you know, just obviously that scene wasn't must not have been drawn to scale because uh, based on the scale of Stephen in the shot where, you know, Amethyst is looking up at him, that puts him at a few hundred feet up in the air, tops. Like, he's not even a quarter mile up in the air, which would, again, make sense given how well they can, you know, Stephen's able to shout at her, she's able to see not just that he's, you know, waving, she's able to see a lot of detail on him. Again, that might be for our benefit, but, yeah. Anyway, there, there's also more more stuff wrong, but we'll talk, we'll talk a bit more about height later, because, again, I don't want to sound like I'm down on this episode. This is just a minor flaw. This is just... One of those few times where Steven Universe is a cartoon being a cartoon, and I gotta, I gotta allow it to be a cartoon sometimes. Such as when uh, Steven develops a sudden and uncharacteristic degree of verbosity when Amethyst is hopping up to say hi to him, you know. He never talks like this at any other point in the series, but he does here because it's funny. Until Amethyst finally tells him, DUDE SUMMARIZE! Again, that's just a cartoon being a cartoon. It doesn't make sense when you think of Steven as a character. It's just funny. Again, Steven Universe isn't usually the kind of show to do. Cartoons are cartoons, but yeah, you gotta you gotta give it some you gotta give it some room to do that. So I'll allow it, it's especially because it very quickly makes up for it uh, when Pearl comes out and sees Steven, and she just completely flips out. What are you all standing around for? Ah, uh, Pearl. This is why Pearl is, um, by the way, the best, the best mother for Steven, the best character on the show. Um, Pearl, Pearl's just excellent, and everybody should love her, and most people do, so there are just some poor misguided souls. I'm not sure how much Kofi likes Pearl. I know he's probably pretty cross at Garnet after this episode, though, what with her breaking into his car and stealing his phone. And, you know, it's possible that he never bothered to look up who was using his phone all night, but it's also possible that he did look that up, and uh, this was responsible for some built-up resentment that we'll see manifest itself uh, in uh, some episodes when we get to Restaurant Wars. Um, Kofi very intense in Restaurant Wars, but uh, once, once they get the phone... Garnet dials Steven up and makes a reference to David Bowie uh, with the Space Oddity reference, ground control to Steven Universe. I mean, we, we, got, uh, we got Purple Rain, we got Space Oddity, there may be some others I'm forgetting, but those are the two that I'm thinking of right now, so those are the two I can promise you were in it. And then after that, we just get a nice scene of the Crystal Gems hanging out with Steven overnight, you know, Garnet completely kicking his butt at checkers. I, I did like how she just jumps up, makes her move, because she's probably already seen his move in advance, or at least has a pretty good idea of it. But um, anyway, she wins. I like the Amethyst hit it when she hit the seagull when she was throwing the snacks up to him. And then they even improvise a game where they draw stuff on the on the sand and Steven guesses what it is. I don't know where he gets broom from. I mean, that's pretty clearly a spearhead, but... I guess Steven's more familiar with brooms, because that doesn't look like Pearl's spear, so maybe it, maybe that threw him for a loop. 
you know, once that's done, they hear the alarm clock going off, which means we know that at the moment that alarm clock goes off, it is 6.55 in the morning. And then what follows is pretty much one minute of screen time with all the crystal gems scrambling to weigh Steven down. It's just not enough. You know, not even putting a boat on him is enough. And then Garnet hands him the alarm clock, which shows that half an hour has passed. And the this this is this is the thing that like actually bothers me. You know, I, I may I may complain about the height, you know, that Steven jumps a bit. I'm gonna complain a little bit more about that later, but I don't think that's a big deal. What I do think is a big deal is the time passage in the scene, because the scene does absolutely nothing to indicate that it's been anything more than a minute. I mean, we, we did see Garnet messing around with the alarm clock, but as we'll see later, Steven gets to the Big Donut at 7.30 as Sadie is going in to to unlock it. And, you know, obviously there are donuts already made, so she's not going in there early to make the donuts. Somebody else is taking care of that, and we know it can't be Lars. So again, Sadie gets there at 7.30, Steven gets there at 7.30, that means Garnet couldn't have been advancing the alarm clock unless she went and advanced Sadie's alarm clock in advance, but... Garnet does have future vision, we never know. Although, you know, again, I don't think Garnet's future vision is that powerful. Um, it does have its weaknesses, and I don't think she would have bothered doing that. But, hey, we can always say Garnet did everything, right? So Steven has his little little sequence where everybody gets the donut. I, I liked the characterization of Lars embezzling one and Ronaldo buying one that he thinks is a mutant. But I gotta say this for Mayor Dewey, again, I think Steven's characterization of Dewey in this scene is spot on. I think Mayor Dewey honestly would buy a dozen, dozen, dozen do donuts for all the starving children of the world. And I'm sorry, 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 Dewey, I don't think 1,728 donuts are gonna do, gonna do much for you. I think you should stick with what you're good at, uh, filling the ocean back up with your garden hose. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Drinking from the garden hose while you fill the ocean back up with your tears. I love you, Mayor Dewey. But, so after this revelation, Stephen falls, and he has about 90 seconds of falling. And it's, again, we can estimate that Stephen's got to be going at a minimum 5 meters a second, maybe 10 meters a second. 5 to 10 meters a second is basically the slowest he can be traveling, and it'd be a it'd be going to kill him when he lands on the beach. Probably higher up than that, actually, because he is landing on sand, not on a harder surface. But that, that again, is just at least a quarter mile in, in those 90 seconds. And overnight, even if he was only going, say, half a meter a second, so half of his body height, that would still have him traveling about, let's call it eight miles over the course of the night. So again, not not the not the few hundred feet that it looked like. But that that's all I really want to say about that. It's not a big deal. My big deal is the half an hour passing in one minute. That's that's my one big complaint. I really did like this episode a lot because again, it's it's Steven being happy to be back in Beach City, and they make a magical twist because he's so happy he spends all day floating or well, all night floating in this case, but as we find out later, Amethyst would just be floating all day, and Stephen's already floated all night. So Stephen finally gets in. Again, Sadie hands him the donut that has been pre-baked, so they have a baker come in, and Stephen is so happy, he jumps for joy and hits the ceiling and gives a Winnie the Pooh style, oh bother. Again, I feel like they tossed that in just for me. That's such a beautiful way to end 
such a beautiful episode. So again, I'm I'm really happy with what we got out of Stephen Floats. It was everything. It just goes by so quick because you're having so much fun um, watching watching the crystal gems be there. They may be they may be intergalactic warriors who fought a thousand year war to protect the inhabitants of Earth from a planet from a galaxy devouring monster, basically in the homeworld, but. They're also Steven's family, and they love him, and they're there for him. And boy, are Steven's feelings about his mother complicated. Now, that might actually be the best gag in the in the episode. The, oh, geez, those feelings are complicated as he pulls the screen up. Again, it was just, I love this episode. This episode was great. But yeah, that's, uh, that's all I really should say about Steven Float's uh, I, I could I could gush a little bit more about it, but I, I think you guys get the idea. I love me some Beach City episodes, and you know I, I love the action episodes too. Don't 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 you worry about that. I love the lore episodes, but you gotta have you gotta have a bit of everything. And this was Stephen Floats came at a time when all of the all the recent episodes had been you know heavy heavy story arc episodes, and then we got a really good payoff with the fight against Malachite, which was. Gorgeous, I might add. But it was kind of nice to get back to Stephen palling around in Beach City with magic powers, which was one of the primary foundations the the show was built on. So, again, great to see. Uh, Next week, hopefully it'll be more than just me talking about Drop Beat Dad. Get your air horns ready and uh, get ready to chug some guacola. Until then, I'm GC13. 360 No Scope That! Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.